Hallelujah. Today for the meditation of the scriptures, let us open the Bibles and turn to Psalm 32. Psalm 32 is one of the seven Psalms that David wrote after confessing his sins of adultery, murder and deception before God. Now, in Psalm 51, we know that he had uh, promised to share what he had learned from his experience so that others would be edified. And I believe this is one of those Psalms which brings forth the riches of the cycles of repentance that David might have gone through. In this Psalm, we see that uh, this Psalm is mostly all about sin and forgiveness. The initial two verses of the Psalm, if you see, that talks about the repentance and forgiveness that is received from God. Verses 3 and 4 talk about the danger of keeping unconfessed sin in your hands. Verses 5 to 7 talks about the movement from sin, the state of sin to that of deliverance. And verses 8 to 11 talks about the movement from deliverance to discipleship. As we meditate upon each of these portions of the word, my prayer is that the Lord will deal with our hearts and that we will understand the nature of God that prompts David to write and record so many things related to sin and the dealings of God so that we are forewarned and forearmed with that knowledge. In the first two verses, we realize that there is a blessing that happens when we repent. The word says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom, against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. If you see here, David initially, he starts off this psalm by talking about the blessing that he received as a result of his repentance. Now, chronologically, if you see, verses 3 and 4 take precedence because there was a period of David's life where he had covered his sin. But having confessed, having come clean before the Lord, David wants to focus on the blessing that he has received. The greatest blessing that is received right now in David's life is the fact that he is forgiven from his sins. Psalm 1 talks about the blessing that comes on the people who are obedient. But in this Psalm, the blessing is given to the people who have been disobedient, but who have confessed and who have then received forgiveness of sins. You see, his experience of forgiveness came after David had covered up his sins for almost a period of an entire year. But now having entered into the joy of forgiveness, David is now praising the Lord about that. You see, once we have that acceptance from the Lord, we need to sing and praise God and thank God for that beautiful gift of the forgiveness of God. Hallelujah. Here David writes, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. You see here, there are three words. Transgression is a deliberate crossing over the line and rebelling against God. David knew the Ten Commandments and there it is mentioned that adultery, murder and deceit are forbidden. Sin means to miss the mark and not to live up to the standards that God has kept. Iniquity means it's the result of a twisted nature that man has, the inner character. All these were committed before the Lord. David tried to cover up his transgressions, iniquities and sins. He closed his eyes and pretended like nothing had happened. But the Lord chastened him until he confessed that he had sinned. And we see that that confession brings forth the great deliverance in David's life. The forgiveness of sin is received as, as a result of that confession. Here the word says, Blessed is the man against whom the Lord 
counts no iniquity the word that is used there is an accounting term meaning there is the iniquity that is systematically recorded every person who has committed a sin his sins are imputed it is book it, the books are kept and it is kept on account however when we confess our sins if we cover our sins the sins remain on record however if we come clean with the lord if we confess our sins what god does is he cancels the debt and it is no longer kept on the books it doesn't count anymore because there is forgiveness that the lord has offered he says i have removed your sin as far as the east is from the west i have removed your sin that is what the lord does he takes the sin and throws it at the depths of the seas i thank god for every time that we have sinned in the presence of god and we have received this kind of a forgiveness of sins jesus paid the debt for us on the cross and his blood cleanses us from every sin in 1 john chapter 1 verses 7 to 9 we see that when we confess our sins before the lord the lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness now before david came clean with the lord before david confessed his sins to the lord there is another story that he has to tell what happens if you don't confess your sins verses 3 and 4 deal with that state of a man he admits that he was a fool to think that he could fool god and hide his sins for almost a year spurgeon has said god does not permit his children to sin successfully dearly beloved the lord chastened david for almost a year and made him miserable until he stopped covering up his sins until he humbled himself before god and confronted con- confessed his sins before that the lord confronted david with his sin that brought forth that great confession before the lord you see here the verses say when i kept silent my bones wasted away meaning when i hid it from god it, my entire being was weakened through my groaning all day long for day and night your hand was heavy upon me my strength was dried up as if by the heat of summer god did not let david go his hand was heavy upon him there was a chastening that david received from the lord now chastening is not punishment chastening is not a judge who is punishing a criminal it is a loving father who is dealing with a rebellious and a disobedient child to bend his will and bring him willingly to the place of surrender and restoration chastening is always something that happens before the restoration now according to hebrews chapter 12 we know that god's chastening is proof that he still loves us and that we are genuinely his children now what happened to david during this time physically he was afflicted he his strength dried up otherwise he was constantly full of vitality and vigor but now he was groaning and in constant pain the hand of god was heavy upon him he dried up his spirit dried up his soul dried up his body experienced it in three ways god dealt with david we need to understand one thing sometimes god allows us to go through and experience a certain chastening at his hands because he loves us because he wants us even if it means a couple of beatings from him is needed to bring us back to him he still wants us because he loves us he doesn't want us to go away into eternity without being right with him and that is the that's the main thing that we understand about the love of god from this particular portion of the passage now in the next portion of the passage verses 5 to 7 we see the movement that david experiences from the state of sin to that of deliverance 
he says here i acknowledge my sins to you i did not cover my iniquity and i said i will confess my transgressions before the lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin you forgave the sum total of my sins that were against me david confesses all three levels of his sins he is now confessing how did he do that the lord sent the prophet nathan to david to confront him with his sins and bring him god's word of forgiveness the book of romans chapter 2 we see the verse which says it's the goodness of god that leads us to repentance knowing that there is a good god who is willing to welcome us back is one of the main reasons why we are able to repent the reason why the prodigal son was able to come back to the father's house is because he knew the heart of the father that would at least welcome him back as a servant at least but god did the father did much more than that and he welcomed him back and restored him back to sonship that is what the lord does for us also the burden of transgression was taken away the debt was cancelled what was twisted in david's nature was made right the lord did not account these sins on to david instead of imputing our sins the lord puts the righteousness of god on our account that's what happens if you see romans chapter 4 verse 3 and in fact the entire chapter of 4 as well as 5 it talks about the justification that we receive by faith god accounts the righteousness of christ and credits it to our account we were bankrupt morally but the lord fills our moral bank account with the righteousness of christ Oh, what a joyful and a glorious thing this is, dearly beloved. As we come before the presence of God, He takes us from the state of sin to that of deliverance. And here, because that sin has been covered, David now says, Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayers to you at a time when you may be found. When you may be found. This is something that is striking a kind of terror in all of our hearts. There is a period that God offers in our hearts and in our lives when he may be found. Shout to him, cry out to him and get right with him when the day is today. Today is the day of salvation. Today if we are able to find the Lord, get right with him. Because there may be a period of time when he doesn't offer himself so readily to be found. Some people have sought the Lord to receive his forgiveness but have not received it. Even though they cried it out before the lord with tears still the chance of repentance was not given to them that's what we hear about esau in hebrews chapter 12 and 13 dearly beloved while the lord is yet near to us let us get right with him let us confess our sins immediately when we find them out while god is still found because the level of chastening will only get deeper and the burden and the storms increase so let us not tempt the lord you see here it's not just that god forgives us but he adds positive blessings in order to help us on the recovery path if he has hidden his face from us for a period of time now we see in verses 6 and 7 that there is a deliverance that david has brought to does david deserve these blessings that god is giving him god removes his troubles and gives him a wall of protection around him you are a hiding place for me he says you preserve me from trouble you surround me with shouts of deliverance these are not deserved things this is purely because of the mercy the unmerited favor of god is what is causing us to have these blessings in our life grace of god is found in the person of jesus christ now that doesn't mean that david did not suffer the consequences of his sin he suffered 
he endured terrible issues in his family which was god's chastening he experienced problems in his body which was god's chastening the consequences of the sin of david even ruined the nation for a period of time there was even civil wars that was created his family got split many of his children suffered died as a result of this but david faced these calamities and challenges with god's help and he pieced everything back together and rebuilt his life together with the help of god and finally we see that david came into the presence of god surrounded by the other worshipers they shouted songs of deliverance and praised god for his tender mercies finally that is the tone with which it ends you can go from sin to deliverance dearly beloved that is what the lord offers us as a result of his forgiveness but not just stopping there god goes one sh- step further and he wants to take us from the level of deliverance to that of discipleship that is what we read in verses 8 to 11 the word says i will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go i will counsel you with my eye upon you god speaks to david about the joy of salvation that is restored to him and god says his loving eye shall be kept on him to instruct him and to guide him it talks about the ministry of the holy spirit that is available to a believer that whispers in our heart the things that god would have us to do the counsel of god is whispered into our heart the things of god are taught to us by the holy spirit who is a good teacher the reason why the lord does this is because we should not become more rebellious after we are forgiven from our sins after the lord has delivered us he doesn't want us to enter into a period of rebellion again that is why he says i will keep my eyes on you and i will instruct you and i will teach you the way that you should go the lord wants us to stay on the right path he doesn't want us to go astray from him again and again and again god doesn't forgive us so that we can go back and sin but sam 130 was for says there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared you see here david behaved in a wild manner when he was in sin he broke the commandments of god he violated the principles of god when we rebelliously go against the word of god what happens is we become brutish and senseless here in verse 9 he say uh, the sam says be not like the horse of the mule mule which without understanding must be curbed with bit and bridle don't be like a brute which needs that harsh dealing of god but rather yield yourself into the presence of god that is what david is telling here be yielded to the prompting of the holy spirit the only way to control wild animals is to break them and to harness them now god doesn't want to break his servant he wants to train him with his eyes he doesn't he's instructing david don't go back to your old ways don't behave like a brute but rather be yielded to the ministry of the holy spirit in your life god is teaching him his word he's keeping his eyes on him and he is surrounding him with mercy and finally the word of god says many are the sorrows of the wicked david himself has experienced it but steadfast love surrounds one who trusts in the lord when we make the lord our trust and our refuge his steadfast covenant and love comes and surrounds us and finally it closes with a rejoice rejoicing tone where he says be glad in the lord and rejoice o ye righteous and shout for joy all you upright in heart here david finally comes to the close of the psalm talking about the joy of discipleship dearly beloved let us 
pay heed to what we heard from the sam let us not treat sin lightly but rather while today is there let us draw near to him let us confess and forsake our sins and be joined to the lord so that we may enjoy that restoration with him may the lord bless us and help us through the meditation of these scriptures